Welcome back to our podcast in Mindsight. It's wonderful to have you back, guys. And it's wonderful to have my co-host, Yasin, back. And it's even more wonderful to have Hannah back. Man, it's been a long time. You've been on, I don't know, an episode like one or two months ago. And yeah, it's been a long time. I guess let's start out with how you've been doing since then, man. Yeah, I'm happy to be back. Thanks for inviting me again. Um, yeah, I've been doing great. Uh, I finished my year at university and everything went well. And now I've just been enjoying my summer vacation. I just got back from my first vacation. And in two weeks, I'm going to Scandinavia and I'm already looking forward a lot. So, yeah, Man, everything great for me. Vacation. <laughs> Where have you been on vacation? If uh, I ask I, that. <laughs> yeah, sure. I took a trip through Germany, basically just looking for stones as you do and yeah. uh, sounds a Geology bit boring i know <laughs> <laughs> it's actually quite fun once you get into it and if you find some cool stuff then it's a bit exciting well it's not too exciting but i mean in every vacation you just go there to look at stuff and this time the stuff was stones so well how, you get how used come? to it <laughs> <laughs> okay okay <laughs> Let's go and then I suppose <laughs> she's shaking her head. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, nice to have you back. Um, for all of you who don't know, uh, Hannah is a psychology student from Maastricht. She's been together to school with me. We've been friends for, yeah, almost three years or two and a half years, I suppose. And she agreed to be on our podcast again, man. That's nice. Yeah, sure. Um, so, Yasin, so that we don't leave you out here. <laughs> How has your week been, man? <laughs> I mean, we recorded well, like two, two or three days exactly. ago, so not yeah. that much happened probably, but go ahead. <laughs> well, lately I've been mainly busy with like university application stuff, you know, writing CVs and motivational letters and all that. But yeah, it's been a lot of work and I'm still not quite done yet. I hope I will get done everything today so I can send it out and forget about it for some time at least. Yeah, <laughs> but that's pretty much all that happened in the one day that we have to record the podcast. <laughs> well, two days, two days. We recorded Wednesday last time. But yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Nice, nice. Yeah, for me, uh, man, I... <laughs> right after we finished our last podcast episode man i got so sick from uh, the vaccine side effects <laughs> oh, and man. so i had to i don't know had to stay in bed all day and i i did i learned for my next exam currently exam phase and stuff quite annoying but i'm feeling better again and let's see where where we get with this episode now i suppose what we wanted to discuss in this episode is again the book how to win friends and influence people by dale carnegie like from 100 years ago or so and we thought this is a good idea because man hannah is a psychology student and it the book sounds so manipulative what is actually true about it what's not true about it um we already tried to debunk a few of um carnegie's statements and where they apply and where they don't apply check out the last episode for that and I suppose let's let's get right into it, man. <laughs> People. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I now have to remember what happened in my social behavior course at the very beginning of the year. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> As I know you, that's no problem because last time in our podcast, you really rocked it. <laughs> like all the, the, the specific knowledge, man. That's, that was amazing. Um, Yasin, do you have something that sounds suspicious <laughs> in his <laughs> principles? <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm that actually we didn't discuss looking, already. Yeah, I'm actually looking through the list right now to look for something particularly manipulative. Let's see. Mm. Okay, while mm. you look, I can explain again who was Dale Carnegie and what sure. what did he do, man? Um, basically, he kind of founded his own foundation where he teaches or he taught people to speak effectively in public and do all that productivity related to stuff to speaking and interacting with people like for example here like how can you make friends effectively and how can you maybe influence people to do what uh, you consider the best <laughs> brainwashing you know <laughs> um yeah he wrote a, he wrote a lot of books like that they are like considered the first real productivity books out there or the self-improvement books out there so right i i have one from uh, from the main chapter which says be a leader how to change people without giving offense or rousing resentment and one of them that kind of strikes my attention is what what was it wait ah right ask questions instead of giving direct orders number four that seems have you found it no i haven't found it man where is it <laughs> ah here be a last... okay yeah okay i found it yeah. i found it man thanks so okay. number four ask questions instead of giving direct orders that's an interesting one because I've certainly seen that kind of happening in real life. Uh, people kind of asking suggestive questions and therefore making you do whatever they actually want you to do. Instead of saying, um, go and take the trash out or whatever, they're probably <laughs> going to say, hey, you know, it's it's kind of stinking here. Wouldn't it be cool <laughs> if someone would take the trash out or whatever, you know, kind of <laughs> stuff like that. Which it's very honestly, obviously... Uh, trying to manipulate you into getting it out <laughs> i don't know whether it w would work on your little brother for example but <laughs> uh probably not he would be like yeah sure so what <laughs> but i don't know what's your your perspective because i don't find it particularly manipulative to be quite honest yeah. i mean it's like yeah. instead of giving the other person the feeling that i kind of you're subordinate and they have to listen to you and they have to kind of carry out your orders you're kind of suggesting them something to do and then they feel like it's actually their decision that's actually them who want to do the thing you want them to do you know so yeah, yeah it is yeah. manipulative but i personally don't have a problem with that to be honest but what's your perspective i mean i agree um i think like i mean who likes taking orders seriously i mean it's always people like to be in control even if they are not really in control at least they like the feeling of being in control and 
at least for me personally, this thing works really great. If I remember back to high school or something, you know, if somebody would tell me to do something. I, I, I'm really a person that doesn't like uh, people telling me what to do. Like I like being my own boss and I hope later on at work I will be because yeah, I suck at taking orders. But if a teacher or someone <laughs> would just suggest like, it's really bad, you know, somebody has to do this presentation and it's so sad, nobody's doing it. You know, I would be the person jumping forward and doing it because, you know, yeah, it makes me feel bad. Right. So I think it really depends on personality. I think some people just won't care. They'll just sit there. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. But I, I think it's at least worth a try to make people feel better about doing something you want them to do. Sure. But do you see like a particular moral problem with that? to have these kind of suggestive questions and to kind of direct people in the way you want them to? No, I mean, it's not <laughs> like it's super, um, I don't know, manipulative. It, it isn't. It's just asking a simple question. It's not like, I don't know, you're bribing them or you're um, blackmailing them. It's, <laughs> it's just like, they, it's still Water their decision. Man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're taking out the trash and you're like, oh, it's smelling in here, you know, they can still be like, yeah, I don't care. So as <laughs> yeah, long as yeah, they man. can still decide, I think orders are worse because they can't decide really then. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So, so you think it's more about like wrapping the present in the right way <laughs> yeah, sure. to make people humbly receive it. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing wrong about it, right? I mean, I think it's a good thing to deliver bad news or bad tasks in a kind of good way. I mean, it's okay, nicer if okay. you think like there's some sense and something good at doing something instead of just doing it because you have to yeah i, I, sup nice. I suppose yeah um do we also want uh, like the, the the description of the principles um says i can read it quickly asking questions not only makes an order more palatable it often stimulates the creativity of the person whom you ask People are more likely to accept an order if they have had a part in the decision that caused the order to be issued. Yeah, that's right. that's. Uh, I, I, I specifically um, agree also with the last sentence here. Um, we already discussed it in the last episode a bit. Um, if you're, for example, setting up a company um, principle motto thing, you know, um, we want to well, for example, customer is king, then the best thing to do is kind of, okay, get all your employees in there and figure out, let them figure it out on their own, maybe with guiding questions instead of letting management decide <laughs> and putting it down as an order. So it's again, right? yeah, this, this kind of, how is it called? Like This kind of um, theme where you, yeah, let people not be ordered around, let them get up with their own opinions man long okay so if there's nothing to add let's move on to the next thing um okay yeah um you already mentioned that teachers would get you with, oh man, it's so sad that the presentation can't be done now. Nobody wants to do it. Um, I think the one, another principle really goes with that. It's called appeal to the nobler motives. 
Um, a person usually has two reasons for doing a thing. One that sounds good and the real one. The person himself will think of the, la uh, of the real reason. You don't need to emphasize that. But all of us, being idealists at heart, like to think of motives that sound good. So in order to change people, appeal to the nobler motives. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, in the example of, let's say, the presentation, you know, the teacher's complaining. Oh my God, nobody's going to do the presentation. For you person, if you make the decision to, you know, jump forward and do it because nobody else is going to do it, it's not necessarily because of the presentation itself. It's more of a noble reason behind it, which is, you know, I'm, I'm someone who... Uh, who takes action, who grabs opportunities, you know, and that's kind of the noble reason behind it. I'm the one who helps the teacher out in this difficult situation or whatever it may be. So, yeah, but again, is what would it be that the real reason manipulative? Then? Well, th that's why I think it's the real reason. I think th it's not about the presentation, which is kind of the superficial ah, yeah, reason, okay, let's yeah. say. It's more about the noble reason of I'm helping this person, therefore I am a good person, or therefore I am, you know, in a way maybe better than the other people because they're not taking action, but I am, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> man, you're also shitty, man. You should take over more responsibility here. I'm, I'm best. <laughs> yeah, just the, the only problem of this is, I think, is that... Um, People's ideas about themselves and their like moral ideals and motives and moral view of themselves doesn't always really go with their behavior. So it might work to appeal to them this way, but to actually get them to behave in that way um, might be another thing. Like, I mean, for me, it works, but uh, also not <laughs> always. And for many others, I mean, since I was the person grabbing it, then maybe for the others, it didn't work. And it was the same appeal. And they probably have the same motives to be like a good person and I don't know, be nice to other people and something. So, yeah. Mm. Right. Man, I'd be so sad if you didn't participate in this podcast episode today. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm here. You would be helping me out greatly. <laughs> I'm just telling the story of how we got you to participate again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. All right. We already did this one. What else? Let's see. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I I I think I've got one. Wait a second. Okay. Go if ahead. you if you don't have one, um, <laughs> be like it's in the section of um ways to make people like you and it's called um be a good listener encourage others to talk about themselves oh yes <laughs> to be a good conversationalist be an attentive listener to be interesting be interested ask questions that the other person will enjoy answering encourage them to talk about themselves and their accomplishments <laughs> yeah. remember people are a hundred times more interested in themselves and their wants and problems than they are in you and your problems think of that the next time you start a conversation <laughs> that's so true yeah and over the last like two weeks when i was 
a lot of Munich kind of visiting flats and all that. That's exactly what I did. Like I just kept asking questions and specifically about the person, you know, beforehand, of course, I would kind of stalk the person a bit on like social media and all that, figure out what, what, they, who they are, you know, and then ask questions specifically <laughs> to something they've done or accomplished or been part of or whatever. It's so true. It's, works like magic it's crazy you just ask a question let them talk and let them talk and let them talk and in the end they're like oh you're such a good listener <laughs> and <laughs> basically all you did was just asking questions you know <laughs> yeah but it's yeah. also one of the hardest things to do i think because uh since this principle goes for everyone and everyone likes to talk about themselves of course we also yeah. like to talk about ourselves and to be the one holding it back uh, requires some discipline yeah, definitely. Sure. I think it's also, if you're applying this principle, it's difficult to ask the right questions. Like what the other person like wants to talk about right now. And at least for me, it feels like it. <laughs> Usually yeah. I'm the one who is, who is actually listening. At least uh, from my experience with Hannah as well. <laughs> uh, that's why we are friends, right? You like yeah, to talk about to yourself. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, I, I think mean, it's it's very true. Also, if you, in addition to just listening, kind of establish that you kind of have some of the same interests or like in a, are in the same group, that mm. also helps, I guess. Because I mean, people really oh, definitely find it easier to connect with people that are alike. Like this in-group, out-group thing here. For sure. Mm. Yeah, man. How how are you handling that? Like talking talking to others in that way. For me, it's uh, as I already said, it's very very difficult to kind of get myself to be interested in others because usually I I don't. Yeah. It's it sounds very uh, egoistic and stuff, but I usually don't see. Um, what question could be interesting to ask about the other uh, person? I mean, usually I'm like a person that believes, okay, there's definitely something I can learn from someone else, but how do I get the conversation to not be superficial and right. in, in depth about something I also want to hear from the other person, which the other person also enjoys talking about? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I think a lot of, is, a lot of it is just, practice to be honest and then the other part is uh, thanks to covid i have a lot of it man um <laughs> <laughs> uh, well and the other part of it is as i said in the previous episode we uh, recorded is that i kind of feel like over the last few months i've been starting to kind of connect more, more with kind of the emotional side of things you know mm. and to actually start to it sounds weird, but starts to like care for other people again and actually be interested in them, like genuinely interested. And that made it so much easier to ask kind of the right questions and to keep like the conversation flowing and all that. But also a big part of it is just being prepared beforehand. For example, when I visited <laughs> a flat, Stalking. I, yeah, it's, it's low key it is, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I kind of found, for example, someone on LinkedIn and saw that they kind of studied something with translations and knew a lot of languages and worked like a project manager somewhere, whatever, and all that. So I kind of asked them about that and about languages. And uh, then we went on to talk about like Netflix shows and 
just the conversation kept flowing and flowing and flowing. And as I said, if you like, if you can get to that place in your mind where you're like genuinely interested in the other person and what they have to say and offer, mm. then it's really easy to just keep the conversation flowing. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Also, I mean, I'm a person that talks a lot, as Elias <laughs> already mentioned, and I like talking about uh, myself. <laughs> Rose. No, uh, she's yeah. she's very yeah, yeah. fine with that. She's not a waterfall. She talks about usually interesting stuff. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah, but uh, yeah, what, what I was getting to right now is um, at my university, because of Corona, they had this thing called UM Walks, where basically you signed up and uh, every week you got matched with a random person that also signed mm. up for this thing. And you met up for a walk or something like you got their phone number and email and you could just meet up. And I met with like, I don't know, 10 people or so from different countries, like from like uh, China, India, everything. Uh, it was really interesting. And as I said, usually I struggle a bit with the listening part. But there it was super easy because I didn't know anything about this person. They didn't know anything about me. And it was just like we met up and we didn't have, like we didn't have any other contact for some days before because of Corona. It was just super interesting to talk to another person, especially when they were from other countries like uh, this Indian guy. I asked so many questions because it was just super interesting. And he could tell me so much like about his culture and how things are there. And it was interesting to see how he compared like his home country to now living in, in the Netherlands. And yeah, so I, I think it also depends on the situation. And I guess if you're like struggling with friends to get like to deeper topics, games could be a solution. Like on my <laughs> with, uh, with my boyfriend, we played like this, uh, would you rather, you know, it, uh, it's yeah, actually yeah. quite interesting and you get to some deep questions. <laughs> What yeah, was the most interesting sure. question there? <laughs> I, I don't really know. I can't tell. But we also uh, talked about how we would kill somebody. That was interesting, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, man. I'm not sure whether I should meet up with you again. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we thought about like some person uh, where it's hard to get to. And like, I don't know, it's like some president or something. Uh, yeah, how, yeah. How, how you would do it with getting away <laughs> of course with without getting away it's, it's easier sure sure <laughs> okay yeah so so your general advice would be kind of make it a podcast episode with the other person <laughs> oh yeah i mean that, that <laughs> sum it up <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah why why do you think is it that others like to talk about themselves that much Um, well, basically what we do all the time, every day is just like be ourselves and think about ourselves. So it's like the thing True. that is most <laughs> present in our minds, right? I mean, it's just the person we have most to do with and we know most about. So I guess it's just natural that also like when we're with others and we also, I mean, we also think that others think more about us than they actually do because, well, they also think about themselves all the time. So it's just us yeah. in our minds all the time. And then we assume that it's the same for others or it should be. Yes, yes. That's also kind of the imposter syndrome thing there. <laughs> Everybody feels like an imposter, like here in the podcast, for example, <laughs> talking about deep topics. Yeah, very deep. Um, 
Whereas other people don't really care about what you're saying. They're only thinking about their own problems. So if you mess up, it's not really important. <laughs> exactly. There's actually, um, I think it's a psychological effect, which is called like the spotlight effect. Yes. Whereas people think that everyone's like constantly looking at them and judging their every move. But actually, as Elias said, we we just care about ourselves at the end of the day. And even I've not noticed that myself, even if I see someone and he does in public and he does something incredibly like stupid or cringy or whatever, like after five seconds, I have already forgot about it. Like it's completely out of my mind. I'm already like refocusing on myself and thinking about my mm. problems. <laughs> I really don't care what that guy did five seconds ago. So yeah, it's like really relieving once we re realize that really nobody cares about us. That's <laughs> <laughs> that sounds wrong, but yeah. also kind of right. Yeah. No, what I usually do when I see people messing up in public, I think like, okay, man, what if I was in that situation? And then I think like, okay, actually, it's not that bad, man. He just messed up this thing. And it's probably what 99% of other people also think. <laughs> yeah. Just nobody cares. Yeah. Nice. Nice. If nothing's to add there, let's let's move on, I suppose. Mm. What else oh, do yeah. we have? Maybe the one directly below it. <laughs> Which one? Talk in terms of the other person's interests. But it's like kind of okay. the same, right? Sure, yeah, it's kind of the same. Um, yeah. Or the one oh, directly okay. below That's... that. <laughs> Which one is oh, that? Oh, do we have something? I don't... Yeah, I think I think so. Um, it's under, again, under the be a leader. Number... Mm -hmm. What is it? Number three. You enjoy Talk the about your right? own mistakes... <laughs> Yeah, talk about your own mistakes before criticizing the other person. That's an interesting one because over the last like five months or so, I've given, how's it called? Like I've been tutoring a student in like math, English and German. And every time he did a mistake or didn't understand something, what I usually try to do, you know, after reading uh, the Carnegie's book of course I try to always first say something like hey look I've always done this question wrong myself when I was your age or whatever or yeah I, I've always struggled with that too and look this is how I solved it or um, yeah I remember one exam I completely messed this up and uh, I fucked up my grade for that year whatever you know kind of first talking about my mistakes and mm -hmm. what I did wrong in the past and kind of relating to them in on another level and then after that being like hey look this is how you could do it differently this is how you solve it this is how you can avoid the mistakes i did it was really efficient because the people felt like oh he actually knows what it feels like to be in this situation mm. and he actually knows how to get out of it you know so yeah that's an interesting <laughs> one man there are three things that are hard, the, the three hardest things to say are um I was wrong, I need help, and Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> it's Worcestershire sauce, but... What I want to get at is like, um, 
what you did or what the principle was in which category is like okay i i think it was um i, I was wrong <laughs> back then maybe um not in the initial sense that we would think that you messed up and want to apologize but yeah you were wrong and you are admitting it and that's why other people are kind of admiring you for opening up and if you open up i think then also like your student or the other person opens up and i think that's why this rule works works out so well mm -hmm. i suppose because you you are showing your vulnerability first and animal instincts kingdom blah blah <laughs> oh he's not a threat anymore yeah. now i also don't need to be a threat anymore <laughs> what do you think Anna? <laughs> I think um, it depends a lot on the situation, actually, because, for example, like my dad, he's a boss at work. And just recently they had this workshop on delivering like uh, assessments for his like not colleagues, but like the people he's boss to. I cannot talk mm -hmm. subordinates. That would uh, what it would be. And like in this course, they Slaves. were all about like be emphatic and deliver the news, you know, like basically applying this principle, maybe talk about yourself first or something. But the mm. thing is, and my dad also criticized that he's still the boss. And it's still in this situation, you know, if you, you have your subordinate coming in and you're like, okay, here's your assessment for the past months or something. They're not going to remember if you were empathically and if you talked about how you also do something wrong. In the end, they're going to look at the like assessment sheet and see like, okay, you did well, you didn't do well. And mm -hmm. so I, I think it depends on the situation. And if you're in the situation where you're really a boss, a leader, and you, you have to be kind of strong and have to uh, show the others that, okay, what you say is kind of important and you have to like follow them, follow it, what you say. And then maybe you shouldn't talk about how yourself do stuff wrong all the time because that's not really the picture you want to show. I mean, of course, you don't want to be hard and be like, yeah, you suck. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, still be empathic, still be like, what I think would be more effective in the situation is actually dive in deeper and talk about what uh, um, the person could improve and uh, so the next assessment will be better. Uh, because that's more yeah. important in the situation than, I don't know, yeah, for, for this assessment because it's over. But then again, the situation Yasin talked about, that's a completely different situation because there you at first have to make them, like put them in a good mood to accept their own mistake and then improve it directly and not like in the next month or something. But I think it's also applicable in this situation like in or in your father's situation. Um, because what you've been missing out in your argumentation is like um, showing them or your dad showing them how he overcame his problems. Because, yeah, I, I agree. It's useless if you talk about your mistakes and how you uh, fuck up everything every day. <laughs> But um, I think what this rule is actually getting at is, okay, showing, okay, I did more or less the same mistakes and this is how I overcame them and this is how my situation works out right now. Because I think that's far more rememberable than just... Yeah, as you said, okay, I fucked up. This is well, it's fine. Go on. <laughs> um, yeah, you get I what I mean? Partially, yeah. I think, I mean, I don't think it always has to be you. Um, because you can mm -hmm. also say, like, I don't know, I know a person who had the same problem or something. Of course, it's yeah, a bit less personal, obviously, but yes. it also gives a bit the distance you might need in this situation. All right, yeah. At least that's what I do. Like, I mean, I also had, like, some students... 
and uh, th that's what I usually did. I mean, sometimes also I ha I did actually have the same problem, uh, but sometimes I just talk about like classmates or something, and or how the teacher solved it in my class. That also works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think what's important generally is to just show people that you know mistakes are normal. You know they're fine. Because especially if you're like a leader or in a kind of boss position, people tend to have this image of you that you must be perfect. You must be always you know, on point and everything you do is right. But and therefore, if they like do little mistakes that probably aren't actually that bad, they feel like they're never, never going to come even close to you because you're this all perfect being and they just <laughs> constantly seem to mess up. But actually, if you tell them, look, I've done the same mistakes or another colleague who's also in a top position has done the same mistakes, it's completely normal, fine. As long as you learn from them, as long as you improve, you know, it's completely okay. So, yeah, I think it's just an important balance, as you said, especially when you're a leader or a boss, to not like constantly talk about how you're constantly messing up and how you basically <laughs> can't do your job right or whatever. But at the same time, provide them with some perspective and say hey look it's normal it's fine just make sure next time it doesn't happen improve on that and it's going to be okay you know yeah what i also think it depends on is like the kind of mistake because to get back to psychology there's this thing called fundamental attribution error which basically means like i don't know some person does a mistake and what you usually do is attribute it to like their internal being to their character like this person is just like, I don't know, messes up a lot or is clumsy or whatever, instead of looking at the actual circumstances in the situation that might have led to it. And mm -hmm. I think as a boss, like in any situation, I mean, I don't know, as a teacher, it might be more difficult because it's uh, it could also be the situation you should also assess that. Like, I don't know if the student didn't have enough sleep or there's problems at home. That's the situation that should be addressed. And that's what your job as a leader or boss or whatever is to find out where the problem actually comes from in order to solve it and not to be biased yeah. and think that it's the person themselves and they're stupid or they're always messing up or something. Don't try to pick off the leaves of the tree. Try to pull it out by the root. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in a metaphorical sense. Yeah. Nice, nice. Want to move on? Yeah, let's move sure. on. I think the one directly below what you mentioned is... Oh, not directly below it. It's also quite nice. Let the other person save face. <laughs> we ride roughsuit over the feelings of others, getting our own way, finding fault, issuing threats, criticizing a child or an employee in front of others without even considering the hurt to the other person's pride. Whereas a few minutes thought a considerate word or two a genuine understanding of the other person's attitude would go so far toward alleviating the sting. Uh, the sting. Let's remember that the next time we are faced with the distasteful necessity of discharging or reprimanding an employee. Even if we are right and the other person is definitely wrong, we only destroy ego by causing someone to lose face. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Agreed. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. no yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just. I think if you attack someone's pride and like actually manage to attack their pride, then 
there's no way in win- winning the situation anymore. It's just over because then they're just going to do anything to also destroy you or so. I think you win the situation maybe in short term, but in long term, you made yourself an enemy. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Why is it that people would um, kind of, yeah, how do you say that? Dishonor somebody in public. <laughs> like the whole shit show of politics going on in Germany right now. <laughs> There it's <laughs> obvious, but... Yeah. Well, maybe. I think it's... Yeah. I think part of it is just giving into impulses. You know, you're angry in that moment because of what the person said or thinks or did or whatever. And therefore, you know, your first instinct is, you know, I'm going to destroy them. I'm going to ruin their public, um, how's it called? Their reputation. Your reputation, thanks. (laughs) Right, you know, (laughs) that's kind of the first impulse to kind of hurt them in some way. But yeah, as we established, it's really not the best way. And you're making enemies where it can be really detrimental to your career, to your life even. (laughs) <laughs> and I find it generally interesting how most of effective human communication is actually it comes down to not giving in to immediate impulses. <laughs> it's actually because if we always, if you would always, if we were to always talk the way we want to talk in that moment, we would absolutely, you know, have no friends and everybody would. Your shit, Yasin. Your shit. Sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> Right, but, you know, that would be a problem. But effective human communication, for some reason, is extremely counterintuitive, at least to most people. Hmm. And I find it so so fascinating in a way. Do you, do you have a specific example of... in mind when you're talking about it? Because it sounded a bit like it. If not, no worries. <laughs> sure. Well, let's just take the example. You know, someone talks behind your back and you're getting angry and you want to insult them or say something in public about them that's going to destroy their reputation. That's kind of your first instinct, you know, that's kind of your emotions taking over. But for, you know, in order to actually solve the situation uh, in a reasonable manner, you have to kind of control those impulses and try to find a better solution, a more rational solution, which again, usually is very counterintuitive. Uh, probably means that you're going to have to go up to that person uh, in private and kind of talk things out as rationally and objectively as you can and not scream <laughs> and insult each other, you know. Man, who does ever do that? I think there are only <clears throat> few people. Like what you suggested right now. Going up to right people now. and... Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I try to do that, but... Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's hard. And you made the other person cry or what? <laughs> <laughs> No, I only made them scream so far, but yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Worked out perfectly. <laughs> Did you tell him yeah. that the earth is not actually flat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was one of the things I told them, for sure. Yeah. All right, I suppose you don't have to add anything, Anna, then... I I just completely agree. It's just easier to you know take the easy way and give in to your impulses and not employ your frontal cortex <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry i have to do that you know that that's my job here <laughs> mm, obviously <laughs> okay 
Stand. Let's see, let's see. Uh, what was the last one I wanted to take? Did we already talk about this one? Um, make the other person feel important and do it sincerely. It kind of fits already, always again in the same category that we yeah. Yeah. covered with be a good listener, right? So, okay, let's don't yeah. cover that directly. Oh, the only way to get the best of an argument is to avoid it. <laughs> right. Okay, I, I read well, a bit. Or you can also get right into it already. <laughs> well, it, it depends because... Um, I don't actually remember what he said in that chapter exactly, but it depends. Then let's read, because I suppose. You... Okay, let's read it first and then I can okay. jump in. Most arguments end with each person more firmly convinced that uh, than ever that he is absolutely right. <laughs> kind of true, yes. <laughs> you can't win an argument. If you lose it, you lose it. And if you win it, you lose it. <laughs> when you <laughs> When you win an argument, you make the other person feel inferior you hurt his pride and he will be uh, and he will resent your triumph in the words of ben franklin if you argue and rankle and contradict you may achieve a victory sometimes but it will be an empty victory because you will never get your opponent's goodwill yeah yeah well <clears throat> okay it depends first of all what kind of argument it is what the topic is and how you approach it because if your argument consists of you have two different opinions that are maybe both equally um, reasonable and you just start shouting at each, each other that, yo, you are stupid. No, you are stupid. You have no idea what you're talking about. No, you have no idea what you're talking And it just goes back and forth forever. Then, yeah, it's probably best to just avoid it. Just avoid talking about the topic in the first place and just accept that the other person has a different opinion and that's it. But... When it comes to things like, let's say, relationships, and there's a problem, there's an issue that has to be addressed, then it's usually better to talk it out rather than uh, to like ignore it and hope that it goes away by itself. You know, it's better to just go up to that person, look, hey, I have a problem with X and Y. Let's let's try to solve it somehow. So yeah, again, it depends on what kind of argument it is. Also, yeah. I think, yeah, it depends on the kind of argument. And I would say something like, for some things, you just, I think you're at fault if you don't say anything against it. Like if people come with some opinions that are just not acceptable, then you should say something. Just be, not because you will convince the other person, because you will probably not. But I mean, if there are other people, at least also you just have to argue for your own sake, just to defend, I don't know, the good thing whatever the, that your moral um, yeah your sense exactly. of morality and <laughs> also if there are any people standing by you know i mean they might not have a readily formed opinion yet on their topic i mean of course for mm. some topics everybody does but if they don't know a lot about the topic and they only hear, hear the other person talking then they're probably gonna adopt that opinion and we don't really want that so yeah, it's yeah. just it's something you just have to put up against. And of course, you will not convince the other person. But also, maybe you will just plant a seed of doubt or at least some things that will stick. You will at least show them there that there are other opinions out there. Yes. <laughs> and also, what I think is a bit contradictory here, um, 
is that I mean what they what uh, whatever the Judas who wrote that book uh, said before with the things you have to listen you have to encourage the other person to talk about it right that's what you mm. usually don't do in an argument right I mean usually you just uh, at some point shout against each other and you don't even finish your sentences and I think like if you at least let the other person talk it out and then you answer to that and actually answer it and not just start mm. with your opinion without even just addressing what the other person said but actually going into it and asking questions then uh, you have a better chance of at least opening the other person up a bit yeah that's that's a very good point because actually in this chapter he also gives a lot of um, advice on how to make an argument um Yeah, something from which you can get to agreement instead of like disagreement. And one of his points, obviously, is, yeah, listen first. Give your opponents a chance to talk before resisting, defending or debating. Don't raise barriers. Build bridges of understanding. <laughs> um, maybe right. let's go also through. Man, that would have been perfect for our discussion episode. Yes, man. <laughs> Like all the advice here, like, welcome the disagreement. Be thankful if there is some point you haven't thought about um, is brought to your attention. It's an opportunity to be corrected before you make a serious mistake. Distrust your first instinctive impression. <laughs> Control your temper. Listen first. Look for areas of agreement. Be honest. Promise to think over your opponent's ideas and study them carefully. Thank your opponent sincerely for their interest. Blah, blah. Go on. on. Yada, yada. <laughs> A lot of uh, useful advice. By the way, check out our discussion episode if you didn't do it already. We try to figure out what a good discussion looks like and what not. Mm. Yeah. Um, how far are we into the episode already? Yeah, let's let's do one more or two more and then draw some question, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. What do we have here? Mm. Okay, that's also a nice one. Uh, it's under the chapter How to Win People to Your Way of Thinking, number mm. eight. Try honestly to see things from the other person's point of view. That's hard, but <laughs> <laughs> honestly, ever since I'm trying to do that more, it it truly is life-changing. Because whereas before I was like, yeah, this, this person just doesn't, doesn't know what they're talking about. Now when you actually kind of shut up and listen and really put yourself in the position of the other person and be like, okay, if I had those life circumstances and this kind of family and this kind of way of living and everything that has happened to them has happened to me, how would I think, how would I behave? And usually is the exact same way, you know? And not only leads it to a more, let's say, to a more genuine approach to the discussion. But also it usually leads to just more understanding for each other, which then in turn leads to a discussion that's actually fruitful and actually helps both parties and doesn't consist of just shouting at, at each other, you know. Sorry, what did you just say? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get your point. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. Totally, totally true, I, I suppose. It also leads to 
if you're in a disagreement, it leads to understanding maybe the root causes of, of your problem or where, where your opinions deviate. So what could be the issue at hand? Like your culture or I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if you come into therapy or like couples therapy, that's basically the first thing you do. Like as a therapist, mm. I mean, I'm not a therapist or anything, so don't name me down on that. But but you were planning on becoming one, right? <laughs> yes, yes, we'll see. Well, just a volunteering one, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, but basically, what the first thing you do is just trying to see where the problem actually comes from, because it, it's no use treating something or talking about something that isn't even the cause of the problem. Mm. Like and yeah. often things that are like the the concrete things that you worry about or like that are problematic in a relationship are actually just symbols for something else. Like, I don't know, not being listened to or yeah, not feeling loved or whatever. They, they are the symptoms, but not the disease. Right. Yeah. 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 Very nicely put. <laughs> Metaphors for the win, man. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that one. Maybe a last one, and mm -hmm. then we can move on to questions. Okay, Let's man. That's see. I don't know. I don't know whether I want. I, I like that one, but uh, in the same category of make people. Uh, how was it called? Like win people for your way of thinking. Dramatize yeah. your ideas. Uh, I saw the this, same one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this okay. is the day of dramatization. Merely stating a truth isn't enough. The truth has to be made vivid, interesting, dramatic. You have to use showmanship. The movies do it. Television does it. And you will have to do it if you want attention. <laughs> well, well, okay. If, if your main goal is to just gain attention for your ideas, then... Yes, maybe it's, a, it's an effective yeah. strategy, but it, do the Trump in move, the long do term, the, the German AfD yeah. move. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's basically it. So if you want attention, if you just want to kind of disrupt uh, the status quo, whatever, then sure, <laughs> go ahead, dramatize as much as you can. But I don't think it's an effective strategy for other areas of life. So when I look through my notes from social behavior in my oh. brain, of course, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, like uh, we also talked about uh, persuasion and uh, yeah, bringing across attitude change also in like advertisement or whatever. And it's always super important to know your audience because I think the dramatizing it works for like a not very sophisticated audience and people who are only like listening with one ear it's important to catch their attention it's important to make it stick but on the other hand if uh, you have a very educated audience it will not work because they will just see right through it and be like what the fuck is this this cannot be true you did oh, not I have eat a perfect analogy to that japanese advertisements <laughs> if you've ever seen some yeah, it's uh, they're intense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a nice way to put it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They they would not work for me. So I think like educated people, they want to, they want a more like straightforward way, which is more like these are the pros, these are the cons. Like I don't know if it's about buying something. Also, if you're selling yourself, you know, just uh, 
be don't be like yeah and then i had this big adventure and it was so amazing and something because that's mm. probably not going to work but it's a great thing at a party okay i think with this idea we actually have to separate maybe becoming a drama queen and making things more appealing by make uh, by adding a bit of a subjective uh, and emotional element because at least what i see in ted talks and good talks out there they are not spitting out pure facts they are trying to um put in a bit of more emotion a bit of subjective stories of why maybe they are like um uh, good for talking about this topic why they are how, how is it called like man yeah why, why they are why they should talk about this topic right now um that's also like the what good storytelling consists of um with raising a bit of emotion and packing kind of your uh, objective arguments in again nice uh, package present paper thing <laughs> and i think in that sense yes it does apply because for example if uh, as a scientist you want to communicate to the public it becomes very quickly very um yeah how do you say it uh, dry like a bread that has been lying uh, on your um, <laughs> counter for three weeks <laughs> right. yeah if you're only spitting out facts for a scientific community that's very fine because people understand it and they might care about it because they are doing research there but whenever you're communicating to the general public you need to package it in a nice way like man moon landing very cool because we get to different stars isn't that awesome uh, Oh, not stars, black planets, whatever <laughs> objects in the universe. Whereas a scientist might only think, okay, nice, we can get some probes, we can uh, analyze the content of moon rock, <laughs> like a true geologist would <laughs> would do. Uh, and don't tell yeah. me about it's it. So exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I completely right. agree. Like the the emotional part is important, and uh, also I think within science. I think there are a lot of people that sleep at conferences, even if it's something they're interested in, just my opinion. Uh, because like, <laughs> I think for everyone, it's hard to listen to someone who's mm. just like super, super dry. And like, I think I already talked about him, but I have this super favorite professor at Stanford who gives like a lot of talks and lectures on YouTube. Uh, check him out, out, Robert Sapolsky. He has also written a book and he did like a TED talk and he basically just did like a journey through um, how he explained like when he how he's thinking about killing someone, and then he goes like a few seconds back and minutes back and hours and years and whatever. And it's super interesting, and everybody can relate to it because I think he's talking about killing Hitler or someone something, and you know it's something <laughs> everybody can relate to. And is like, yeah, what what would I do in that situation? And yeah, so I think it helps a lot to engage the audience and. Also decrease like the discrepancy between your beliefs and their beliefs, and I think mm. for an emotional situation it works quite well. Awesome, nice. Then, Yasin, do you want to pull a um, uh, not so weird question? Because I only have the yeah, weird ones. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it. Just a sec. And then we can end it with a weird one from me, I suppose. <laughs> Uh, most of them we've already had that's the problem wait well i mean a few oh okay that's a nice one so 
What book had the most significant impact on your life? Oof. Who oh, wants to start? Oof. That's a that's a good one, man. Hmm. The most significant impact. Okay, I can start. It's it's very basic and it's sure. not a very I don't know, but okay, I just stopped. <laughs> <So> <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, the book of all books, yes. No, right. yeah, the, the, all <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, it's not like it's not like a productivity book or something educational or anything, but it's uh, one of the first. Like, it's the first book I actually read in English as well. Like, I started in German. Uh, it's called, like, in English, it's uh, Chera by Robert Muchamor. I think in German, it's called Top Secret. And, yes, uh, I, think, I also read that. Yeah, nice one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I read, like, the I first the whole one. Series. I think I read it, like, 30 times or something, so I, I was really deeply into it, and <sighs> it, it changed a lot of things for me. At least, it, you know, it got me thinking about improving myself and what is possible also at a young age and what you can do and what to strive for and uh, how to structure your life and make goals and make plans and all of these things basically That's man how how old I, were you how old were uh, you i think i i don't know if i think i read it in like fifth grade or something so like uh nine ten basically like yeah i always well, had a thing for writing <laughs> stuff I down had... and plans yeah I was crazy early on. <laughs> I wish I would have started out with productivity that early, man. Wow. So, so like, uh, uh, could it's not fantasy. It's how 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 do you call the genre? Like, I don't know. It's like, it's about children who work as spies. It's super cool. Yeah, I would have loved to do that. Yes, <laughs> you probably would have been accepted there so, if it was real. <laughs> yeah, and if it didn't have any parents and were an orphan, but yeah, let's true, not talk true about that. It. True that. <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, nice that the genre like that got you to think about all of the productivity stuff. Nice. Yeah, many things like also yeah. studying abroad, and that got me started. At nine when years I, old, what? The yeah, fuck? No, no, when I finished the series, like it took me, I don't know, okay. like two years or so to finish all of those. At eleven years old, what the fuck? <laughs> thank my dad for getting me into reading so mm. very nice cool one, nice. Want, want me to go first <laughs> yeah sure go ahead i struggle with that. Uh, yeah i'd also say um either the first book that i ever read i i don't know how it's called in in english it was like well, like the first book that was like not some kind of cartoonish children book, whatever. Oh no, actually, okay, yeah. As 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 a, in, when I was still in uh, elementary school, um, I was reading like a lot of those um, was ist was books. Like they are kind of yeah. scientific, more or less yeah. science for children, you know. Um, trying to explain phenomena like the weather or dinosaurs or how volcanoes work or. All of that, uh, all of that stuff, and I was really into those, man. And I don't know. I suppose it's kind of a reason why I want, uh, why I like like natural sciences that much. I always mm. listen to the CDs. Yes. I had so many. 
was so awesome. And like more recently, I suppose the first productivity book I started out with, which Yasin recommended me, like that was three years ago, because that also had a huge effect on my life, because we wouldn't be sitting here uh, producing a podcast right now without that, Yasin. <laughs> <laughs> At least I think very likely not. It was kind of, I think it was the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> of not that giving a duck, first, sorry. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, that was a nice one. Yeah, yeah. I read that. And I was like, hmm, I'm on the right path. <laughs> 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 well, no, okay. But yeah, that was actually also a pretty significant book. But I think if we go back to like childhood, probably the uh, Das Magische Baumhaus series. Yeah. Oh, I also read those, man. <laughs> yeah, they were amazing. Like I remember probably every day when I got back from school, I would first like sit on the couch for like five hours and read read those books Same. and worry about homework uh, before going to sleep <laughs> when when driving to school on your bicycle yeah <laughs> oh, exactly yeah while driving <laughs> on my bicycle no but it was yeah they were pretty impactful i think also they kind of got me into writing stories when i was younger mm -hmm. and kind of falling in love with that yeah when wow, it comes to like productivity man. Probably also the subtle art of not giving a fuck a, a duck. And <laughs> probably like probably like atomic habits or something that oh, yeah. really kind of reinforced the things that I already believed about the world. Because for me it's always important to have kind of um science back up the the things that I've made up my mind about, you know, what? I already believed. Are you discrediting the Bible right now? That's not good, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, but I, I already believed most of the things that I've read in like Atomic Habits. Mm. But for someone to say, hey, look, there's actually scientific evidence for it and it has been proven and tested, just really reinforced those ideas. And yeah, it really helped me so far. That's great. So, yeah. Nice. Maybe nice. for like... Man. For the productivity no, ahead, book... I can recommend uh, Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss. It was like, mm -hmm. for me, the most influential productivity book because it has just a mm. ton of advice, like not on, just on one topic, but just talks about so many different people and how they do it. And it also shows you that there's not one right way to do it. There, like you mm. can find yeah. your own thing. Yeah, that's, isn't, that's what isn't I... that where... No, yes, and go ahead, sorry. <laughs> isn't that where Tim Ferriss, like, traveled the world and kind of talked to these high achieving people and interviewed them and put all those ah, okay right yeah I, I really want to read that book i can send you the pdf <laughs> <laughs> seems illegal <laughs> well well do you think it's a good idea talking about that on a public podcast <laughs> <laughs> No, I downloaded it from the internet from an official site. It was it's all okay. Yeah, obviously now she's good friends with with Tim Ferriss, and uh, she received it as like a personal yeah. gift. Obviously, yeah, of right? course, because I also got. She's one of the persons it, you know? that he talks about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. At eleven years old, when you already <laughs> wanted to study, obviously, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. It seems like books have been quite influential in our lives early on. It seems like. Good advice for parents out there. Get your kids into reading. Not oh, by ordering them, but by asking the right questions. 
<laughs> right. Okay. Then let me draw a useless question and then let's end the episode. Um, where was it? Here. All right. So. Oh, yeah, actually, that's not that bad here. Um, does social media make you in general happier or sadder? If sadder, why do you keep uh, participating in it? Wow. It's actually a good question. Oh. Not like... What would people do if Earth only uh, if Earth suddenly had two moons? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you know the anatomy of a turtle? Do you really? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was an interesting one because most people probably don't. Yeah. And we established that the teenage mutant ninja turtles are actually the teenage mutant ninja tortoises. Yes. Oh, tortoises. That's <laughs> good. <laughs> I know, life-changing, right? Yeah, uh, I remember yeah. when, like, for uni, I had to do this, we had to do this uh, cognitive test, something I did with a friend over Zoom. And, you know, mm. you you have a timer and you have to come up with as many animals and words with one letter or something as possible. And God, yeah. I sucked at it. And, like, one of the few animals I came up with were turtle and tortoise. So I was very proud of that. <laughs> <laughs> and because dinosaur, by the way. And dinosaur, obviously. that was mm. good. Nice. <laughs> dinosaur is an animal. <laughs> yeah, seriously, <laughs> I was so fucked. Like, I didn't know anything. You should have seen me. I had to come up with, like, words that start with letter, I don't know, L or whatever. And I got, like, four or something in one minute. It was so sad. <laughs> yeah. The typical ones. Lion, I suppose. Blah, blah. Lion. Well... Okay, social media. <laughs> right. Happy you said, well, why do we participate in it? If it makes well, sense. I gen generally use social media very little lately. I don't even have like... Dopamine Instagram detox. On my phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not exactly, but I just don't really see the point in it anymore. Mm. So I don't even have like social media on my phone and I... Maybe check. Okay, people, Instagram. I will continue this podcast on my own from uh, <laughs> now on. Yasin doesn't want to participate right. anymore. <laughs> no, but I only usually use it on the laptop and even then for like maybe five to ten minutes per day. Mm. And that's it to just check some messages and all that. So does it make me sadder? Yeah, probably if I were to use it more then yes, because, you know, you get you get to compare yourself to other people and all that stuff. And then you feel uh, imposter syndrome coming up and you feel like you're not enough and all that. So, yeah, probably if I were to use it more, yes. But as I don't really use it, no, I'm quite happy without social media. Nice, nice. Yeah, for me, it's kind of okay. In the short term, it makes me happier because I can <laughs> watch all those stupid memes and... <laughs> Um, and then GIFs, or however you pronounce it, <laughs> Instagram posts. In the long term, however, when I think back uh, on, on a day spent on social media, well, not a day, but like a part of my day, like one or two hours, <laughs> um, <laughs> then I, yeah, I also get, get like into doubting my productivity and then it makes me actually sadder. So why do I keep yeah. participating in it? Because... I think, I don't know, it makes me relax after <laughs> after a, a, a productive day. And if I use it when I'm not productive, then it makes me feel sad. 
No. Nice. Then I shouldn't use it. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. Like, um, up to two months, I think, by now ago, uh, I used it, like, especially Instagram, basically only Instagram, because I'm, I guess I've gotten too old to get into TikTok and stuff. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> Instagram was my weakness. And sometimes, like, as Aaliyah said, and also you, Yasin, yeah, when it takes over, it's absolutely shit. And uh, so I, I actually, I listened to a podcast uh, with also a book review and uh, talked about, like, so many reasons why social media is shit for you and you should delete it and whatever. And it actually had a lot of quotes by the people who actually founded it and programmed it and everything talking about how shit it is and how it manipulates you and whatever. And I was already on the track of, you know, hating myself for using it. So then I decided mm. to delete Instagram and as you, Yasin, only use it like on my laptop or something. And for like one month, I didn't use it at all. And now I'm just back very, very little. And it feels really good because it's just yeah. shit. Always comparing yourself always needing like the gratification also outside of social media just always people telling you how great you are so just <laughs> keep your fingers off it guys don't do it it's like drugs sure. man i think i should delete it right now <laughs> I think yeah i, I can right send you the podcast i think you know it, it really got me over the edge and i don't really miss it because you yeah, always like, feel like uninstall yeah, yeah it's gone it's yeah. <laughs> it is gone <laughs> nice yeah, I mean, you always feel like you're missing out, but you're not. Like, it's just some yeah. pictures, and if you're really friends with the people, they're going to send you the pictures exactly. over WhatsApp. True. Yeah. Or, True that. Or just not be pissed at you just because you didn't like every single one of their yeah. pictures. You know? And if they are, yeah. they're <laughs> shitty friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, then they have other problems in their life, I suppose. Deriving their self-worth from a number yeah. on a screen somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, for a staged photo. <laughs> well, well. Wow, it's been an awesome episode. I really enjoyed it. Let's wrap this up. Um, yeah, I suppose we don't need to re 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 repeat all of the principles we discussed or debunked or whatever. Um, yeah. Read the book yourself. Um, always take it with a grain of salt if you do so. Um, I think this is the last part of our series <laughs> with this book. And first of all, thanks to your time, Hannah. Uh, thanks for taking your time and being here. I, I hope you could also enjoy it. If not, then be honest and roast us right now. No, thanks for inviting <laughs> me again. I'm always up Now's for it. the opportunity. Yeah, nice. Check, check out her blog in the description. You're still active on that, right? More or less. Yes, yes. <laughs> trying to get yep. something done this week we'll see just oh nice nice yeah. do you already can you already give us a hint of what it will be about yeah so i'm, I'm writing an article about uh, the enrich, enriched environment right now so basically it's a mm. it's a research a study paradigm but i think it's also quite helpful for everyday life and uh, okay. yeah some other a, a lot of drafts on my blog right now and not a lot of to write but hopefully this week awesome yeah nice check it out in the description um it's been a wonderful episode nice that you stuck around until here right now it didn't turn off after two minutes of hearing our uh, stupid voices and thanks for listening 
Um, subscribe, follow, all the usual, usual yada yada. Bye bye, guys. Thank you.